things happen. I do want to jump into this message this morning, and uh, we're continuing in the Beatitudes in this series called Happy. Before I read the opening text, would you just look around you and smile at about three people and wave at them, show them some teeth. Look, ain't it good to see them this morning? I won't have you stand up and shake hands and all that, but uh, it, it is good to be in this house. Happy Fourth of July weekend. I want to open with the um, text for this morning, uh, one of the Beatitudes. These are attitudes that Jesus gives us perspectives that if we apply these to our lives, he said, you're happy, you're blessed. That happiness is not the kind of happiness that is just based on circumstances. It is a deep joy, contentment, a, a knowing inside that God is with you, that his favor is on your life. So when you go through things uh, like Paul and Michelle has gone, have gone through, that you still just keep serving the Lord. And one thing about it, if you have that kind of attitude, God just shows up in so many ways that you'll never be the same again. As you walk through that trial that you're coming out of, we believe, you're deeper in your relationship with the Lord than you were if you had never gone through it. And happy are the people that have these kind of perspectives. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. So the one this morning is blessed or happy in one translation are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. A hunger and thirst, a desire for righteousness, for they will be filled. One translation says, satisfied. That they will be satisfied. I like to say lip-smacking satisfied. <laughs> satisfied. Lord, thank you so much today for all that you've done, for all that you're doing. Thank you that we celebrate freedom in Christ today. Thank you for this great nation. Lord, would you turn hearts back to you? Would you turn our government back to you? You're doing the work despite the powers that try to control, that try to take this nation away from you. You're still working, and we thank you for that. Lord, you have a long thing, a lot of, that you want to do, and you want to use us to do it. So thank you for that. Lord, today, would you speak to us individually? Lord, would you speak to my heart? Let's pray at church. Lord, speak to my heart. Change my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I do want to say this. Come out tonight. You're going to have a good time. We got plenty of hot dogs uh, that we're going to be cooking up, and um uh, their chips are provided. Just bring you a little cooler for your own drinks. But it's going to be a lot of fun joining with Journey Church and Brandon, great pastor, and his wife that are friends of ours. And that church is just blowing it up in Brandon, and we're going to have a good time with them. So come on out. I guarantee you're going to have some laughs and some good, a good time. So come out tonight. Five o'clock, Center City in Pearl, Center City uh, baseball fields, softball fields, I guess that's what it is, in Pearl. If you need to know directions, uh, just ask somebody. Somebody around here will know, and uh, it's going to be a good time. Come on out and enjoy with us. Bring your chair now, and maybe an umbrella. Hopefully it won't rain. Also, Morris, yes, T-shirts, thank you. If you want a Move Church T-shirt to wear tonight, you can get them today for the low, low price of $14.99. We won't say $15, because it sounds better to say $14.99. 
but if you, we have plenty of shirts, and, and um, grab you a shirt so you can wear it tonight. Okay. I also want to be letting you uh, let tell you this, and I'll be saying it a lot. Uh, beginning uh, the second Sunday in September, so the Sunday after Labor Day, we will be going to two services. So it'll be a nine o'clock and an eleven o'clock, and uh, to create more room for guests and to create better parking. So. Um, be ready for that and be excited about that and bring some people. That means we've got more room to fill more people. So, uh, you know, to get more people here. So we're thankful for that. Okay, so blessed are those who hunger and thirst, who have this desire for God. The title of the message is this. Happy are those who have a desire for God. In our nation, there are more people than we're aware of that have food insecurity, that have a physical hunger. And that's a problem. We need to solve that. But our nation has a greater problem because uh, the, the majority, I would say, of our nation have no hunger. And I'm referring to spiritual hunger that have no spiritual desire. And Jesus promises us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness, for they will be satisfied. People seek prosperity, they're not satisfied. People seek popularity, that doesn't satisfy. People seek status and power, and still they are not satisfied. In the Bible, Solomon, the son of David, uh, started out seeking the Lord and wanting to follow the Lord and do things God's way. And he had great wisdom. God blessed him tremendously. But somewhere along the way, he quit being satisfied with God. He began seeking other things. And we find in Ecclesiastes, a book that he penned, his result. Because of that, it says, at chapter 2, it says, I understood, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. So this great wealth, I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for my toil. Look at this. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Can't grab it. Can't grab it. 
like you too said back in the 80s, I still hadn't found what I was looking for. Nothing was gained under the sun. To have all of that, you see there is a God-shaped hole that only he can satisfy, that only he can fill. If you're taking notes, the first one is this, only a relationship with God will satisfy you. Only a relationship with God. This message has been preached to me throughout this week, three different ways. On Tuesday, I was at the outlet mall grabbing some lunch, and I had my lunch in hand, and I was making my way back to the seat, my seat. And I saw a, a, a group of young people, I assumed it was probably a youth group or some kind of club, and as I was making my way back to the seat to sit down to eat, a couple of young girls came up to me, and uh, just real pretty little young girls, and they said, hello, my name is so-and-so, hey, my name is, they were just like little twins, you know, and I said, well, hello, <laughs> and uh, I said, can we ask you something? I said, sure, I said, and one of the little girls said something like this, do, do you believe in God? And I just saw an opportunity there. And I said, no, I, I don't believe. <laughs> and she goes, oh, you, you don't believe? And uh, we're all still smiling at this point. But then I, I said this, but I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> and her, their little eyes got so big. And she said, oh, you don't want to talk about it? <laughs> and they're like paralyzed. I have them trapped. And I was going to try to keep going and say, what makes you believe? But I felt so sorry for him. I couldn't do it no more. I said, I'm, so, I, I'm a pastor of a church. <laughs> Y'all do it so good. Oh, oh, oh. They were here from Tennessee coming to, yeah, they mean that way. They were here from Tennessee coming to Mississippi to do some ministry at churches. I, and they were out witnessing to people. Isn't that awesome? That they have a desire for God. And they want others to have the same desire. And I thank them for what they were doing. And said, may God just bless you, you know. Desire. Then, usually study on Wednesday. So I knew what the message would be this week. And then Thursday, thinking about the, the state of our nation. There's not a lot that have a desire for God, it seems like, anymore. In, in, in our nation. And then I went to the mailbox after I you know, had most of the message on Wednesday. Thursday, I went to the mailbox, and I pulled this out of the mail, uh, out of the mail and it uh, has an outline of Mississippi, if you can see it, and it says, the hungriest state. Talking about food shortages and that food insecurity. But I believe it's also a confirmation from the Lord that I believe for the hungriest state for God that there's coming a move of God that's going to create a desire for God. And I pray it begins, it says the hungriest state. I believe it's going to start right here at Move Church. Would you believe with me? 
that it's, it, it covers our area, don't it, that, that title. And I'm believing that there's going to be such a move of God that creates a, such a desire for God that it reaches not only our state but our nation. Will you believe with me? I'm just going to take it as a confirmation. And then what happened yesterday, I'll save that to the end, but something that I've never experienced before that I, I'll be completely honest with you for me and Patty both is got us a little shaken this morning. Reasons for spiritual, for a lack of spiritual hunger. There's some reasons. Number one is this. We fill up on the wrong things. Like I said, there is a, a hole in every person that is just the right size, that is just the right fit, and only Jesus can fill it. And the more we try to satisfy and fill that hole with other things, we find out that that hole just gets bigger and bigger, and we become more dissatisfied with life, just like King Solomon. And the more it looks like we should be happy, we should be satisfied, we're more dissatisfied because we do not have Jesus in that spot. And what is that spot that's first place in your heart? The scripture says this, Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Everything else will be given. Have you ever been hungry? And you don't know what you're hungry for? I will eat up the whole house. <laughs> and then ain't satisfied. I still haven't found it yet. I'll cook some. I'll cook and still, ah, this ain't it. <laughs> but when you satisfy yourself in the Lord, when you seek him, when you ask him, to be center place. Give him that place. There's a satisfaction in him. Another reason we lack spiritual hunger is we have never experienced the goodness of God. Some of us have received the Lord uh, as Savior. We just haven't made him Lord yet. Some of us have made a few steps toward him but we haven't surrendered all. I believe today before we close the service, somebody's going to be running toward him. We, just have, we like to hold on like we got something to hold on to. We had completely surrendered it all to him yet. Scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And can I help us? Don't let the way other people have presented the Lord to you, mess up your desire to taste him for yourself. Talking about food, sort of tying both of them together. I eat chicken and dressing about one time a year. My sister can make the best chicken and dressing. It used to be my mama. Now she's, she's up in heaven making it. But my sister can make it. I'm going to tell you, she can do it. That's the only time I eat it for Thanksgiving. And I think the reason why, it was messed up for me when I was a young child. 
because a family in the church invited us over, and they already laughing, and said that they had some dressing made. I said, Ooh, my dressing's pretty good. And we got up to fix our plates, got up to the, and I actually made the foolish mistake of saying, and I'm hungry too. If somebody invites you over to eat, don't never say you're hungry. You eat before you get there, just in case it ain't no good. I'm helping you out. If you invite me over to your house, I'm going to say, you know, I just I ain't, ain't that hungry now, but I'll try a little bit. Because <laughs> we got up to fix a plate. There that dressing was. But there was something in the middle of the dressing that I have never seen with all, in all of my days. It was a carcass in the dressing. It was called bone dressing. Have anybody ever heard of bone dressing before? There was a carcass floating in the middle of that dressing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, where, and I got the very, I got as far away from that carcass as I could, just get a little bit on the side. I thought you was hungry. Oh, this be good. <laughs> you, you know me, I'm going to add some humor. But the point is this, don't let the way someone else has represented Christ to you mess up your experience with the Lord. He said, taste and see. Once you really commit to him, you get a taste, you're going to love him for yourself. The third reason, and this has to deal with us that have been serving him for some time, we can lose our spiritual desire. We can lose our spiritual hunger. Number three, we have become spiritually unhealthy. When you're sick in body, you know you're really sick, but you don't have an appetite anymore. And spiritually speaking, when you're spiritually unhealthy, you lose your desire. What, 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 are, what would cause that? Well, it seems like what I found is that if I start desiring things more than I desire the Lord, when things of this world look more important and more good than God, that's when I begin to lose my spiritual hunger. Another thing that I believe is going to resonate with some in here today, another thing that will cause you to lose your spiritual hunger is prolonged discouragements. And hear me, church. Satan uses discouragement. That is one of his most successful tools against mature Christians. That if he can just start getting you a little discouraged here, a little discouraged there, before you know it, you're living in total discouragement, out of faith and out of fellowship with God. So today, the discouragement is going to leave if you'll give it to the Lord. And say, Lord, that plate of discouragement that the enemy's been serving me, I'm going to push it back today. And I'm going to fix me a buffet with Jesus on his things. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden or burdened, I will give you rest. Ain't that good? I mean, that you're going to receive that today. Many of us are going to receive that today. So we don't want to lose our spiritual hunger. We want more hunger. 
Wednesday nights, we pray here from 6 to 7. And every Wednesday night, we pray for a move of God, a spiritual hunger for us as a people. What are some of the signs of spiritual hunger? If you want to take these down, signs, the first one is this, dissatisfaction. You say, wait a minute, preacher. I thought you just said that one of the things that will happen when you hunger for the Lord, you'll be satisfied. Well, let me explain what I mean. The presence of God in your life will satisfy your searching your, for fulfillment because you have brand new life in Christ. When he moves in, you're satisfied. But when he moves in, his presence moves in, he creates a greater desire for more of him. He moves in your life and gives you this insatiable desire to want to know him more. The more you know him, the more you love him. The more you love him, the more you want to know him. I call it uh, satisfactory, unsatisfied. No, let me see what I call it. I wrote it down. It's hard. (laughs) Satisfyingly unsatisfied. Satisfyingly unsatisfied. I don't need nothing else in my life because Christ is in my life. But because he's in my life, I want more of him. I have this hunger for his presence. I have this desire to know him more. Don't you? Don't you want more of his presence in your life? During the Brownsville Revival, you've heard me mention that quite a few times, we would load up buses. I chartered a a bus uh, one time and took a load of teenagers to that revival in Pensacola, Florida. And if we went to Pensacola, we were not worried about the beach. We wanted to get in line for church. And I've been there before at 5.30 in the morning, waiting in line for the 7 o'clock service that night. Because if you didn't get there that early, you would not get in the main sanctuary. You'd have to go into one of the many overflow buildings. And there was such a hunger, people would show up and wait in line all day long, singing and praising the Lord. And as you're in line, you hear other languages because other nations were there. They came a little further than we did to get in line for the presence of the Lord. That's spiritual hunger. We're going to see it again. We want his presence. And when you experience his presence, His presence says, come on, there's more. You want to be back in his presence again. One moment in his presence, you understand, this is what I was created for. This is what heaven's going to be like. And we can't live completely there because we live in this earth, this fallen earth. But every moment in his presence makes you want a a moment more. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So there's a dissatisfaction that comes with a spiritual hunger. You're satisfied. Jesus has paid the price for your sins. You're forgiven. You have life in him. Oh, it's satisfying. But there's also a a dissatisfaction because you want him more. That's spiritual hunger. And that dissatisfaction creates that desire. That kind of spiritual hunger says in the house where one doesn't ask the other, are we going to church this morning? turns into, I can't wait 
to get to church. What's God going to do today? If nobody else gets something from him, I'm going to get something from him. Because I have this desire for him. I want him. And what I found about the Lord, that when you have that kind of desire, he shows up and he gives you what you're desiring in him. He said, this is our verse for the, for the year. Come close to me, James 4, 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Come close, one translation says, to God, and he will come close to you. He loves people that are hungry for him, that have a desire for him, that have this anticipation for him. I know how it is to, to preach to a crowd just like this and see people yawning and looking at their clock, but then see some people sitting on the edge of their seat with tears streaming down their eyes, getting a word from God. That's spiritual hunger. Now, everybody wakes up now. <laughs> the third sign of spiritual hunger, that desire creates a dedication. When I was um, going through that sickness, they put me on steroids, 45 milligrams of steroids. And steroids will create a monster inside of you. And uh, it, uh, it will make you hungry. And, and southern folks, you know what I mean. It's not hungry, it's hungry. And it was about hangry, hungry. And it was about 9 or 10 o'clock at night, and I was uh, taking all these steroids. And, and, I told, and I couldn't drive uh, because of what I was going through. And I told Patty, I want some chicken wings. And she made the gross mistake of saying, now, baby, it's late at night. You don't need that this late at night. And she was made aware of how dire the situation was <laughs> when I looked at her with my eyes dilated and said, I want some chicken wings. <laughs> Those chicken wings tasted good. I had a if if she didn't take me, I would have hobbled myself down that road. Man, don't we need that kind of dedication for the Lord? It's okay the air ain't just cool enough, or the air is too cool, or the lights are not bright enough, or the lights are too. Uh, all that really don't matter because I'm dedicated. I'm gonna get something from the Lord. It's raining outside. Are we going to church today? I'm going, I'm getting something from the Lord. Dedication. Again, time dedication, you know, with, with natural food, that spiritual desire for <laughs> tying it together. There are some members in this, in this house that are part of my family, including us, that will go eat at a Mexican restaurant, can I say, that has the best chips and salsa anywhere around. If you want to know who it is, I'll tell you afterwards. And uh, we've been going there for 20-something years. But a member of my family, at one time there, eating at this Mexican dive, uh, actually, a rat fell through the ceiling tile onto the table next to them. That was a fat rat. <laughs> Scurried off. And 
they just kept eating their chips and salsa. <laughs> and we've been back there many times. Why? We dedicated to them chips and salsa. <laughs> the food is that good. But ain't it amazing what we'll let keep us from the Lord and from the church? That preacher didn't even shake my hand this morning. Ain't it amazing? They changed the color of the carpet. Isn't it stupid how we can let Satan talk us out of what God wants to do in our lives? This hunger creates this dedication that I'm, I'm coming after God. I made up my mind. If you haven't today, would you please make up your mind? And Lord, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. There ain't no question. I'm coming after you. And for you to get rid of me and all my problems, you're going to have to be the one because I'm coming after you. And you'll be amazed at what God does. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to have such a hunger for the Lord. It's going to drive you. It's going to dedicate you. So how do we desire righteousness? It says you hunger and thirst for righteousness. Right standing. Righteousness means right standing with the Lord. The Lord has done everything already that he could do on his end to make you righteous. How do you desire it? What part do me and you play? If you want to desire righteousness, the first way is this. Seek a relationship with God. Don't just become a member of a church. Yeah, that's good, and that's a byproduct. Seek a relationship with God. He desires a relationship with you. It's a wonderful privilege to know that God Almighty considers us his friend. And he wants us to have a relationship with him. Isn't that amazing? If you go to prayer time with your head hung low and thinking that the Lord is trying to get you, if the Lord wanted to take you out, he would have done it a long time ago, wouldn't he? He had reasons, right? He had re all kinds of reasons to take me out. <laughs> but he loved me instead. He came after me. So when you go to the Lord in your time of prayer, do it joyfully as you are sitting down with a friend. Look at what the scripture says, Romans 5. Since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies. God said, I'm going to make you my friend until you acknowledge it. And you're going to acknowledge it because of what my son's done. We will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Now we can rejoice. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, yeah, if we have sin, we need to repent and take that seriously. But we receive forgiveness, and then we have this wonderful relationship with the Lord, this fellowship with him. You can repent, and then 
have this wonderful fellowship with the Lord all in the same prayer time. Isn't that wonderful? And you can be drawn closer to him. So we pursue this relationship with the Lord. You have to have a relationship with him. To have this spiritual desire for him, you got to have a relationship with him. And the more you know him, the more you'll want to know him. Then the second thing is this. You've got to pursue right living. When, as you're fellowshipping with him, he's going to give you some direction. He's going to show you the way. Walk in his way. It works. <laughs> it works. I don't know. I, this is hard, Lord. I don't want to do this. Oh, I see why. Wow. And many times you don't see it until you really get into it. And then you think, man, God, I'm so thankful you didn't let me go that way. Thank you. So you walk in his way. There's his blessings in his way. When you pursue righteousness, when you say, God, I want to please you more than I want to please myself, there is the life and the joy. There is that satisfaction. Proverbs says this, in the way of righteousness, there is life. Along that path, is immortality. That's where your life is, doing it his way. I'm sure there's many of us in this room, other than me, that thought you knew the best way to go. And then you realize, oh, I'm in trouble. I need God to show me. Yesterday, we were on our way over to my brother's house for a barbecue and some time with family. Nick happened to come down. We were just enjoying time with him, and he was going to have to leave after that, so we had to stop by. We always buy him some gas when he comes home, so we try to get him here any way we can. And uh, so we stopped in by a service station close to home. And as we pull in, um, I went, went inside to get something, and I saw, we, we saw both, me and Patty saw a, a guy, there's a parking lot beside it, and there's a guy on on the ground, um, laid out on the ground, kicking his feet. And at first I thought, that's a teenager. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're just cutting up. Or that's somebody that's really just mad at somebody trying to get attention, so whatever. So I walked in, went in long at all, came right back out within half a second, come in. And then Patty had her window down, and she heard some people commenting that, hey, there's somebody over there with a gun. And they think he might have shot himself. So then it began to add up. So they calling, trying to get, you know. So I, I drove our car to get a better look. And um, I wanted to make sure he didn't have the gun still. And as we were driving closer, um, he looked our way. And when he looked our way, I could see blood just coming out of his mouth. Without going into too many details, it was a sight. So I pulled the car up out of the way and um, came back. And I didn't know what to do. I know people were trying to, you know, they were standing a little bit away and just trying to get someone there. I made sure that 911 was called. And, and the only thing I can think of is this man is fixing to leave this, this world. And I don't know where he's going. And I got up close to him, and he was just rolling back and forth because of the pain. He couldn't talk. 
and, and just as many as it, it just try to comfort him some way. I said, man, I'm telling you, people are coming to help you. We're trying to help you, man. Try to be still if you can. And I said, but man, I got I to gotta tell you, don't leave this place without knowing Jesus. And I prayed the sinner's prayer. And I said, come on, man, pray this with me. And he can't say anything. He's, we found out he's shot like this. Blood. Come on, man. Let's pray. I'm a sinner, Lord. Please forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart. Come on, man. Pray that. Don't leave this place. Just try to comfort him some more as he's rolling all over this parking lot. And finally, the police came. And I stepped back a little bit. and But I was close enough to know that one of the cops came up and tried to find out what was going on. And I tried to tell him what I knew. I knew, and the guy got down beside him. He didn't have gloves on or nothing, so there really wasn't nothing he could do until he got his stuff. And, but he said, man, got down beside him. He said, I, I hate to do this right here, right now, but I'm going to tell you, don't leave this place until you know Jesus. Call on him. Believe him. And I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I said, brother, there's two people that are telling you to call on Jesus that he's got a plan for your life. That should tell you how much he loves you. Call on him. The extent of God's love that the first two people that go up to talk to him after he tries to end it all are Christians trying to lead him to Jesus. That's the love of God. God loving on him. Thankfully, before we left, uh, he was. They had him. The paramedics were there. They had him setting up, and uh, he could uh, not talk, but he was coherent. By the couple of questions that they asked, he either nodded his head or. So I'm believing that brother made it. And furthermore, I'm believing he made it right. Before the cops got there, I said, man, come on. This ain't the way to do it, man. God's got a plan for your life. Ain't nothing this bad. Two extremes. Two different results. Those little girls that said, can I tell you about Jesus? And even if I would have been sincere by saying, I don't want to talk about it, and I didn't let them do it, but they would have said, okay, well, we'll I guarantee you, they would have said, and we'll be praying for you. And they would have left with the same desire because they had met Jesus. They had tasted of him. I could see it in their eyes. And there wasn't going to be nobody talking him then this other extreme somebody doesn't think there's anything to live for really desperate for something and we know it was Jesus would you stand
hunger for the Lord, hunger for his presence. Two extremes, every one of us are somewhere in the middle. Maybe on, hopefully on the more of the, the positive end, hopefully there's nobody here on that man's end. If you are, if you're watching online, please try Jesus. You ain't got nothing else to lose. But probably most of us are somewhere in the middle. Every one of us need more of him. Pastor, I've been serving the, the Lord 58 years. Yes, you need more of him. Need more of his presence. Need more of his, his touch on our lives. But why? There are people like him that need to know that there is a Jesus that loves him so much Amen. that even though everything may, I say, I don't know his story. Only he and God really know his story. But it doesn't really matter because Jesus can take care of every story. It doesn't matter how bad it is. When Jesus steps in, everything changes. And he can begin reorganizing and shaping and bringing life and, and bringing freedom. And you can't go wrong when you try Jesus. And it just gets, the longer you serve him, the sweeter it gets. Does that, does that mean you don't have any problems? No, no, no. You just mean that all the other problems he take, took care of, he's just going to take care of this one too. I was telling Shell that, you know, they really sort of have an advantage over a lot of us because they done lost everything, and they still serving the Lord. Some of us, if we get just a little something in our life, we want to back away. But when you know the Lord has brought you through something like that, okay, the next time there's a little problem, you think, okay, this is nothing. God's got me. It's really an advantage. To sum this thing up and to close it out and pray, let's just all ask him for more of the desire for him, more of him. Let's make sure we put him first place in our hearts. When you do, there's this incredible hunger that comes with it. It will give you this desire. It will give you that determination. It will give you that dedication for him. If you don't know him, please don't wait any longer. That result is what Satan wants for every one of us. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus said. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life, and not just life, that more abundant. Satisfied. Satisfied. Would you bow your head? The question is today, if you're not satisfied in your life, the Lord wants to help you. He wants you to put him first. It ain't about having the BMW at the house on the beach. That's not being satisfied. You can have that and still have that hole in your heart. 
being satisfied is, God, I want to do what you want for me. I want your life. I want to know you're with me. That's all I need. That's satisfying. And, and when you make him sinner, you will be. Before we pray this commitment prayer is what we call it, and you say, Pastor, spiritually speaking, I need him. I don't have that satisfaction that you're talking about. I need him. Would you raise your hand? Don't be ashamed. God loves you. Yes, 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 yes. I need him. Anyone else? I'm telling you, nobody's going to judge you in this room. We love you. We all have been there. Anyone else? You just raise your hand. You can put it down if you have. Any, yes, I see your hand. God loves you. God loves you. You can be satisfied in him. Oh, he's going to step in. Will it be perfect? No, I ain't saying that. You're just going to know he's there and things are going to work out. That's what, that's what happiness is. That's that contentment. It's going to work out. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work out, but Jesus is with me now. It's going to work out. Anyone else before we pray? If you're watching online, please raise your hand. The Lord sees you. We're going to pray. Just a moment more. Anyone else? About a half a dozen folks. Praise God for you. It's fixing to be a supernatural exchange. presence of God is going to actually move in your life. Will I feel it? I don't know. It's mixed results. It don't change. I mean, mixed um, experiences, but it don't change the results. God moves in. You will know he's there. I can guarantee you. You will know he's there. Church, let's pray it together with them. We'll give you the words. You give the word your heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Head still bowed just for a moment. Lord, thank you. Today, if they gave you their heart, they were sincere in that prayer. You just stepped in their life. Thank you. I remember the times, Lord, that I got serious with you and how you stepped in my messed up life. Thank you. I had such good intentions, but also had so much desire for evil, but you stepped in. And you changed it. And you're going to do the same for them. You're going to give them a desire for you. A greater desire. Thank you for that. Wonderful relationship. You're going to work with them. Thank you. Thank you. Let me say this. If you'll look at me just for a moment. This is a challenge for all of us. In this post-COVID world, I've seen it in our church a little bit, but really it's a problem that we're less likely to commit now than any other time. It, it, we just, I don't know what it is. We know who's behind it. But move church, let me give us a challenge. I used to say it all the time. I haven't said it in a while, but it's, it's for all of us, but especially for you that raised your hand. Give us a year. You say, well, I don't know about this church. Well, find you a church that preaches the word 
where the Spirit of God has freedom and give us a year. Give them a year. A year. Commit a year. If it's church, there's no question. Am I going today? No, I'm going to church. I'm going to serve the Lord. Your daily time, yes, spend time with the Lord. Give the Lord a year. Give his church a year. Commit. Make sure you show up when it's time to show up. If it's prayer, I'm going to do my best to be there. If I can't make it because of work, I'll pray where I'm at. I'm going to give him everything. Give him a year. And I'm telling you, if at the end of the year it's not changed for you, your life is not drastically changed, I'm telling you, I will buy you lunch. It won't happen. Give him everything. Don't hold back. Everything. Everything. Lord, would you give us a spiritual hunger, every one of us. Greater desire for you. If that's your desire or you want it to be, would you raise your hand? Would you pray this with me? Lord, give us a spiritual desire for more of you. We'll do it again. Lord, give us a spiritual desire for more of you. Thank you. A hunger. A hunger, God. I thank you for that. I thank you you're going to do it. Greater desire for you. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Man, it's been good. I know it's a little heavy in the room. That's, that's the presence of the Lord. I'm thankful for him. Hey, y'all, come on out tonight, this afternoon. It's going to be good. You can cheer our team on. I think we got a top-notch team. I mean, it's going to be wonderful. And uh, bring your chairs and, and uh, like I said, drinks. We got the other stuff. And if you, if you are a good dessert maker or if you can buy a good dessert, do that. If you're diabetic and you don't eat desserts, come on anyway, okay? And it's, we're going to have a good time. Five o'clock, Center City Field in Pearl. If you ask anybody, if you're not from this area, they'll know where that is. At um, uh, Field uh, A9, okay? So A9. But we'll probably be the only people out there. It's going to be a good time. Amen? First Wednesday. It's this Wednesday. So if you don't know what First Wednesday is, on the first Wednesday night of every month, we have a service here from 6.30 to 7.30. We welcome you to come and let's worship together. All right, let me say this blessing for you as we dismiss. If you want to receive this, raise your hand to receive this priestly blessing. It's from the Lord, I believe. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.